while the other sports shows are in the high-rise studios overlooking beautiful landscape. We are in the flats of Tucson, Arizona near Ritchie Road. While the guys in their high-rise studios are going over their balance sheet and 401ks, we're trying to figure out what to say next. I did have some exciting news for music fans. I enjoy music. You like music, right? I like when sound is arranged in a certain way, yes. <laughs> okay. Dave and Dave's Handball Sports Radio Cast is live on the air. It's the kind of sick thinking we really need for our country. Isn't that right? It's the Sports Handball Radio Cast on Tuned In Radio, iTunes, WPH Live TV, and Patreon. Hands, the toilet paper's frightening, very, very frightening me. 
mortality. He's just a poor boy facing mortality. Spare him his life from this monstrosity. <laughs> Touch your face, wash your hands. Will you wash your hands? Bismillah. No, we will not wash our hands. Wash your hands. Bismillah. We will not wash our hands. Wash your hands. Bismillah. We will not wash our hands. Wash your hands. Never, never wash our hands. Never, no. From home, where you've traded annoying coworkers for annoying kids. But hey, at least you can holler at them without having to deal with HR. That makes a lot of sense, does it? Because it seems crazy. You're listening to Dave and Dave. We happen to be back. It's episode number 26 of the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast here on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, and WPHLive.tv plus Patreon. Dave, we didn't talk about that enough, but Patreon is really fun right now. I mean. The pandemic's not fun. No, no, it's not. Patreon is really what's keeping us handball crazed fans going. Every day, getting these really cool stories, insights from the pros, videos. And you never know what's going to hit you either with that. I know you know. Because you're lining up all day. Well, yeah, but I mean, you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, there's interviews, but you can get, you know, we're talking about some cool contests. Now, you have a video that you haven't even seen yet. Mm-hmm. You did the Power Serve. We That debuted a couple days ago. It's a 10-minute okay. clip about the Power Serve. But we have a new one, the Return of Serve. Mm. It's loaded. It's uploaded. <laughs> it's ready to watch. Wow. <laughs> How and, can you tease us like this? And it's so good. It's about six minutes long okay. on the Return of Serve. Funny because you only talk for like 30 seconds. But, yeah. you know, yeah. I think you're going to like it. Okay. You did a great job out there, too, Thank on you. those... Dave Fink instructionals and we did that knowing that the pandemic was here and people were in lockdown and self-isolation and quarantining was happening so we said you know what let's make a video and you went back to the to the lab 
and you wrote up this really cool report about the the instructional, how you work your feet, where you put your arms, where you hit the front wall. And it turned out what we thought would be about a 15 minute thing ended up being like almost an hour and a half of you giving these instructionals. And now we're cutting them down into little pieces. And so, poor Jeff Kastner thought he got the weekend off flying down from Oregon. Nope. Hanging out in Phoenix on this beautiful hike. Nope. Nope. Tracked down his bride. I told them, get in the car. Get down here. Yeah. And we're recording this. Okay. <laughs> and Jeff said, okay. <laughs> okay. I'll be there at 10. And he which was. Means 1230. And he was there at 1230. Okay. <laughs> Kendall Jenner stripped down to a black Calvin Klein bra and underwear for her latest photo shoot. So you're trying to kind of shame the Kardashians? Is that what's uh, happening here? I feel like I'm shaming myself more now, I, I the way that you brought say, it up. I just yeah. felt like you should probably quarantine, stay away uh, from people, but, yeah. you know, taking off your clothes is a good option. <laughs> <laughs> after Texas Governor Greg Abbott allowed a cruise ship to enter Texas after two weeks of being quarantined at sea, TJ's Seafood Restaurants fed the passengers a luxurious four-course meal as they docked in safely. You can read more about it in this week's issue of Kiss My Ass Ethiopia Magazine. (laughs) And the UK's biggest Disney fan is in the news because she's the very first person in the country to get Disney Plus because she is such a super fan of Disney. And you're not going to believe this, Dave, but... I probably won't. (laughs) I heard that she's single. (laughs) I I know it's hard to believe, right? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the headlines. Let's look at the real news. Who likes good news? Good news, everyone. 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 The good news is stud breeding. Women may soon have to register for the draft. Evangelical leaders are concerned about a report from a commission set up by Congress to study the issue. The panel is recommending to lawmakers that they require females to register for the draft, as men at the age of 18 have had to do for decades. The commission is concerned about the availability of troops in a real military crisis. Family Research Council President Tony Perkins wonders, quote, what does it say about a nation that sends its mothers and daughters into war? Michael Harrington, SRN News. A hate crimes bill that's working its way through the New York State Legislature has been renamed in honor of a Jewish victim. Joseph Newman, who was stabbed at a rabbi's home in Muncie late last year, died of his injuries this week. The legislation will now be called the Joseph Newman Hate Crimes Domestic Terrorism Act. Governor Andrew Cuomo calling on lawmakers in New York to pass the measure this week. People across a vast area felt an earthquake that struck north of Boise, Idaho last evening. 6.5 magnitude Tembler struck just before 6 p.m. No reports of any serious injuries. This is SRN News. From outdoor tournament planning, the Race for Eight professional handball tour on ESPN, junior handball development, and continuous news and information. The World Players of Handball is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation. Find them in a city near you, on social media, or online at wphlive.tv. With coronavirus spreading, people at higher risk must take extra precautions. You're at higher risk if you're over 65 or if you have an underlying medical condition. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information. No internet radio in your home office? Sounds like I have that radio voice. Which made a lot of noise, but changed things not one bit. That is both flattering and creepy. 
Self-Quarantine with Dave and Dave. Would radio waves be stopped by the curvature of the earth? I like that idea better. I can make that happen. It's the Sports Handball Radio Cast on Tuned In Radio, iTunes, WPH Live TV, and Patreon. Segment number two of the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast continues now as we bring it to you during this pandemic. Hopefully you are doing what we're doing, self-isolating and quarantining ourselves. Dave's in another room far away as I'm in this one far away from him. And hopefully, Dave, you, you're you in good spirits and have a smile on your face. I mean, I can't see you, but I know you're there. I actually am. You are here. Okay, And well, in good spirits. Let's talk about what we're going to talk about here for this segment. The women and the seniors for... Season number nine on the race for eight. Now, they, I believe the women and the seniors both played in Tucson, but then in New Orleans, it was just the women, and then at the RFC, it was just the seniors. Right. Okay, so let's talk about those three tournaments. Tucson, go. Katrina Casey opens up in Tucson. Of course, she's the number one seed in the women's race for eight. She's going for, at that point, her 19th women's race for eight title. Cruises to the final there. She takes down K3, Vetus. And then faces Danielle Daskalakis, who, you know, we all think is supremely talented. Danielle gets up 2-0 to zero in that first game and never scored again. Right. And I think the second game she was up as well, but it just didn't work out for her. And she is talented. And, you know, Katrina gives her a lot of respect. You know, she says she's got a lot of unique shots, and I have to beat my best to beat her. But, you know, I, I think Katrina really is that humble. To say that after beating someone fifteen to two, fifteen to two, I think mean the, it. the the bigger question though was what happened when Danielle played Ashley Moeller. The scores there were not good. I mean, I'm, just seeing Ashley play though locally, so good. Yeah, really, really good. And you know, I, I had a chance to play some doubles with Ashley just before the official shutdown. Amazing. Oh yeah, she's a great doubles player. Really good. I mean, she gets the ball, you know. Anywhere below her waist, she kills it. And she's got great control with her fists. So I'm always surprised when I'm, you know, I see her in these women's race stops and, you know, uh, take away maybe Katrina, but that she's not competitive against anybody else or winning. Because I kind of expect that from her because she's so good. And I think later in this broadcast, we'll talk about how good she played in New Orleans. So she does make a nice bounce back. Incredible, yeah. But moving down that quarterfinals for the women in Tucson, Arizona, Ashley Riley went up against Megan McCann. Mm-hmm. Nice matchup. It was a good matchup, yeah. yeah. And Megan's one of these players that's, I mean, outstanding. Well, you don't know what you're going to get from one next stop to the next. And True. I don't mean that in the sense that she could just lose and then win one. I mean, you don't know how good she's improved mm-hmm. until you get to the next stop. Because every time we see her, she's just better. Yeah. And that's exactly what she was at this tournament, but she failed to get past the former two-time world champion, Ashley Riley. Ashley Riley, a lot of experience, and she knows how to manage the court very well. She knows how to keep, you know, a youngster like Megan off balance, and that's pretty much what she did in that match. She meets up with Sienna in the semifinals. Those two played in the semifinals in San Francisco. Sianna won that one in two games. This was also the same two games for Sianna. Ashling led 13 to 10 in that first game. There was a strange hinder or avoidable not called. And from there, Ashling seemed to just lose her concentration. And yeah. Then, I mean, 
which is strange for such a great champion to be so affected by yeah. one call. And I was sitting there so surprised. I mean, it was just a, it probably was a call that went against Ashen, but for some reason, it just completely disrupted her whole flow. And then Sienna wins that match comfortably, advances to the final. Now she plays Katrina in her fourth Women's Race Freight final. For Katrina, that was her 21st final. And Katrina just picked up where she left off at the Nationals. We remember Sienna won that first game at the Nationals 21-4, and we thought, wow, Katrina has finally found, you know, a, a rival here in Sienna that's not Martina. And she's just really taken it to her. And then before you knew it, it was 21-4-11-0. Yeah. And then Katrina just picks up right there in the final and beats her 15-4, 15-2. Not good. No, it wasn't. No, and, and once again, uh, Katrina just looked good as she dominated this whole tournament and was one of the players from all of the different brackets we had that really stood out. She always does. She that does. was her 19th women's race title in 21 stops at that point. Of course, New Orleans would have been another one, but you know, 64 and two was her lifetime record after Tucson. Yeah, we're never gonna see that type of domination, I don't think, so again. Ashley Riley defeats Danielle Daskalakis for third. That's a big upset that Ashing actually played for third. Never had done that before. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Wins 25-18. Then Megan McCann bounces back in the fifth place playoff. She defeats Ashley Moeller 25-9. So a nice result there for Megan, who gets herself on the board. That's very important for any player to make the appearance on the board. Now, are we going to talk about the seniors also in yeah. Tucson? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Since uh, they both were there, let's okay. just stay with Tucson. Tucson was back in November of 2019. That isn't the season, you know, the one that kicks off the season for the race for eight, but it does kick off the season for the women and the seniors as of late. And Dave, you uh, you found familiar brass at this tournament. Well, I really, I really like the senior draw at this tournament. We had a number of seniors making their debut on the senior tour there. Jeff Wurstein, who's a tournament director in Milwaukee. Mike Semplis, very good friend of ours from Pittsburgh, also making his senior debut. And then you had some of the kind of the senior race for eight veterans. Well, myself, Fer Fergal Coughlin, senior, right, was a good player. Was back that his, in his debut? Time. I don't, on the senior? I, I didn't want to go out on that I'd limb. say so. Okay. And if not, it would be a second attempt. But right. no, I don't remember in another bracket before. But yeah, you had the kind of some of the regulars, the Victor Sanchez's. Don't see him a lot. Right. Seem to only see him in, just like Leo Canales Sr., only see him in Tucson, unfortunately. Right. Because Leo is a, obviously a very good player. George Garcia was also playing. He was coming off some kind of terrible illness of some sort of valley fever maybe or hadn't been able to really train but still did make the semifinals there so the semifinals was me against george garcia the only time we'd played except for in the juniors was in salt, salt lake. lake city and you remember he played amazing in that match i was yeah. expecting him to play just like that he didn't seem to have those same great fist shots and fist kills in that match so i advanced to the finals in the t upper bracket Marco Chavez, this is unlike him. He goes in against Leo Canales Sr., who had a nice win against Mike Semplis in the 
quarterfinals and he just humiliated Leo Sr. And, and you heard him say after that, he said, you know, a lot of people think that they can score a lot of points off me and, you know, and I just wanted to send a message and he really did. It was intimidating didn't, to watch. Didn't he get pushed though one of the times that he played Leo Sr.? He faced match point against Leo Sr. That was in a qualifier first round in Tucson. Leo Sr. served at 25-24 in overtime and he missed a first strike kill by about a millimeter. One yeah. of those I call them the Juarez courts where they're not on the glass, but the, the bleachers are so packed that you're afraid people might actually fall onto the court from uh -huh. the bleachers. But right. Leo misses this shot by, I mean, as close as you can miss it. That would have been for the win. And Marco said, you know what? I'm going to just send a message here. Uh, he did. Leo barely touched the ball in that match. 15 to 2, 15 to 2. Wow. And that set up a pretty good final between Dave Fink, you're, you, the dude sitting in that other room over there. Mm -hmm. And Marcos Chavez, which you guys, how many times have you faced each other up to this point? In this the was our seventh straight senior race for eight final, dating back to the first time I played in the seniors in 2018 in Vegas. And this didn't disappoint. I mean, first game, I believe Marcos took you 15 to 10. Yeah, he felt like he was completely in control. I was playing from behind the whole way there, down 11 to 3, and I was trying to chip away, but never really felt like I was going to win that game. Marcos had that serve going down the right. I mean, it was felt like it was stuck to the wall at 90 miles per hour. I remember that. And if I did barely return it, he seemed like he flat rolled the next shot. His left was really good in that yeah. that game. And Second he, game was also very close. I mean, at one point we were tied at 10. Never felt like I really got into my groove. And I did manage to force a tiebreaker there, scored the last five points of that second game. And then midway through that third game, we... We had a long stretch of side outs and trading points to about four all. And I made a couple of deep corner kills and took the lead 13 to six and still wasn't that comfortable there. I tried to force a couple shots at 14 to six. He got to nine and then he made two terrible errors in a row to end the match. And I wasn't feeling confident at all after losing those match points. So I did end up winning that one. The playoffs there. Did it get a little chippy, though, with the referee and Marcos in that, that yes. third game? I recall yes. well, Marcos Max, coming off the court. Max Langmack refereeing, yes. And I don't know how much of that was for the crowd and how much was real, but Max is one of those guys that doesn't really stick to his call. And when you know that going in as a player, it's kind of a, a free-for-all. It must be intimidating in a way. I mean, it is for me. I play with somebody. If I'm playing somebody and they're doing this extracurricular stuff with yeah. the referee, it, it it makes it seem like I like to play the game when it's fun. Uh -huh. I don't like to play it when it's then not Marcos fun. Is not the Marcos, guy to play then. yeah, Marcos seems to make it not fun uh -huh. if he really wants to win. Yeah, if he does want to, you know, just play around, then it's then it is fun. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you're going to say another great match there was that third place final between George Garcia and Leo Canella Sr. I, see, I put those guys about equal. Right, and they have an amazing rivalry. George Garcia led Leo 14-5 to in the third game the previous year to go to the semifinals and lost that lead. Oh, lost. Wow. From 14-5, to he lost 16-14. to This time, just as you'd expect, another overtime match, 26-24 in favor of George who takes third there. Yeah, so these guys just go back and forth then. Nothing wrong with that. What happened in fifth? Pete Papadimitrius, and this is a match that will be forever circled, 
on my scorecard gets a forfeit win from Mike Semplis to get into the money round and into the ranking point round. Now, Mike Semplis is known in Pittsburgh as 199. There were 199 players entered in Tucson. He's the only one who forfeited a money match. Wow. So people just call him 199. He's at work. And that when they need to get him, it's just, hey, 199. Well, I mean, he's a he's a physical trainer. I mean, right. he's a what a manager of an athletic club. A personal trainer. Also. Right. Yeah. And so when they said that, people actually thought he was bench pressing 199. Right. Curling. Yeah, but no, it was no. uh, was something completely different. Right. Okay, so I had it wrong too myself. I actually thought that's where it came from. I'm thinking, how do you get that one pound off? Right. But you know how weights are. So Mike Semple is very disappointing there for me personally. Oh, so this is about you then? <laughs> it just became okay. about me. I'm okay. just reliving this now. Wow, it seems like you're getting angry. I'm going to have to move past this much. Okay. Now, Pete Papanimitris, to his credit, gets the forfeit, but he then wins fifth. So he earned it. He earned his you know, his ranking points and his prize money because he did win that next match. And it was against James Bardwell. Right. Well, let's talk about New Orleans, women's race freight, New Orleans. Now, we had something that I don't think we'll ever see ever again. We had a round of 16 and a round of 8 match going on side by side right next to each other. Started 44 seconds apart. Both matches 15 to 0, 15 to 0, and they ended at exactly the same time. Yeah, that doesn't happen often. Ever. Does that make the strange fun facts, or is that well, just part of the it goes under fun facts, but I guess there could be a header of strange in yeah, there. That's the way I'd say it. But most fun facts are strange, otherwise they wouldn't be on there. There's something unusual about them. True. You know, like Killian Carroll going 27-1 and one in the 2016-17 season, or 17-18 season. That's strange. It's strange, but it's not like, you know, finishing a match exactly at the same time. Okay. So what else happened there? I know that Tracy Davis also got past uh, Daniel Daskalakis, and that was a she didn't though. She um, oh, you're right. Danielle won that. Now we, when we saw that matchup on the books, we both said, "Well, that's an overtime tiebreaker, and the loser of that match is going to win fifth, and the winner is going to get zero and two in the next round against Katrina," which is exactly what happened. Danielle and Tracy were postponed until Saturday because of some flight delays from Danielle. But, of course, the match played out exactly like it would have had they played in New York or in on True. Friday or on Saturday. And That's a good point. They split the first two games, as we knew would happen. And then Danielle, kind of in a, a blowout by their standards, 15-11 in the third game. Danielle wins that one. Tracy was disappointed by that. And you rarely see Tracy, you know, kind of show any kind of emotion she she said i just wish i had a few of those shots back because that was the difference fiona tully starts slowly against megan mccann and megan looked really good in that match wins the first game 15-6 against fiona fiona is the most consistent player in the history of the tour she's finished third in every stop she's ever entered and she looked consistent though in this tournament as well came back and just does force a tiebreaker 15 to 12 and then wins the tiebreaker pretty convincingly now ashley moeller i think played the best i've ever seen her play against siana gets 11 points in that first game and she looked really good i mean there was a moment there where you say i think she might have a chance here yeah and she didn't but she i mean she had a it chance. felt like she it just, it she felt didn't like win it. it but she played outstanding in that and she continued that momentum in the playoffs we'll talk about that now katrina casey gets past Danielle, for the second straight time in the semifinal, she moves on to the final. Siana defeats 
Fiona. Fiona. And that was 15 to 3, 15 to 10. Okay. So Fiona does not as well as she'd like I there, think the but... 10 is a good score. Okay. And then it's on to the finals again where S Katrina and Sienna followed up the Cordova show where they couldn't get through, what, three shots without the ball sliding and, you know, replaying and everything. They didn't have one slide. There was, it was just Sienna or not really able to deal with no, Katrina No, that again. first game was a continuation of Tucson. Right. I mean, it... Katrina just had looked completely on a different level in that first game. And, and second game, though, it was back and forth. And it was more exciting. Right. Until the very end when the... It, you felt the tension there. Mm -hmm. And Katrina did once, you know, she she was able to rise above it. There was some tension. She rose above it. Mm -hmm. And she was able to score at the very end. She went for shots, too. And it was pretty impressive. And she ends 20, up winning. 20th Women's Race Parade title for Katrina. Her 67th match win on the Women's Race Parade Tour. Two losses. 22 finals, right? And 20 wins. Yeah. That's amazing. She's the only player to have played in every Women's Race Parade stop. I'd like to see her enter more qualifiers. I, I, I say that to her every single time. Fiona Tully takes Danielle Daskalakis in the third place final. That's a great rivalry. The first time those two played... San Francisco round of 16, Fiona's first tournament, she wins 15-12 against Danielle. Yeah, that's Big good. match at that time. Yeah, that is And good. then she goes on to the semifinals. Then Danielle beats her badly at the Nationals in the third place final. And then Fiona comes back and beats her this time. Now the fifth place playoffs, Ashley Muller with, I'd say, one of her great wins. It takes is. Takes down Megan McCann. 26 to 24. What a match. And I sat there and watched every single one of those shots, yeah. and I really enjoyed it. And you can also watch it, too, because we mm. uploaded it right. to patreon.com backslash WPH Live. But it was a fun one, and there's some kind of controversy at the end okay. where Ashley had a lead pretty much the whole match until yeah. the very end. And then it became apparent that Megan was going to win. Ashley, though, she found a way to kind of pull it out. I don't know how it happened, but it, it just worked out for her. And it was a good win for her. Good for Ashley. That's an amazing win. And then it just seems like no matter how Tracy and Ashley are playing, it's a throw out the record books 50-50 duel. And that's what happened here in this playoffs where Tracy defeats Ashley. Ashley's coming off two great matches in a row. She scores 11 on Sienna. She beats Megan. And then she runs into Tracy, who... I mean, I wouldn't say looked amazing to that point in the tournament, but just like, you know, you go back to 2009 when there was pre-women's race freight events at the Plumber and it's Tracy and Ashley matching up all the way 10 years, 11 years later, they're still matching up and it's still 25-23. This time Tracy defeats Ashley. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by this, to be honest. I mean, I, I root for both players, right. so it's not like I'm trying to put one down. It yeah. just felt like Ashley was playing better than Tracy this week. Yeah. And seemed like Ashley was in charge there. She was playing well, but then Tracy got her at the very end. And, you know, I mean, I have some excuses for Ashley because I had to dig deeper into this to find out a little bit more. And she has her baby Scarlet there right, right on the back wall. And she just started screaming in the middle of the match. And Ashley hasn't had, uh, you know, she's going to have to go through this to try to figure out how a mother can play the sport and deal with your kids. And, it, you know, we've seen Lisa Frazier Gilmore do it with her two sets of twins. 
and she did it quite successfully. But for Ashley, she has to figure it out. This was the day, the moment, the exact time that Scarlett started teething mm. for the first time, and she was just screaming. And Ashley, you know, is a mom. She wants to be there with her child, but it happens to be when she's up 18 to 15. Mm. And she sort of kind of checked out there for a while. And I don't blame her. So, I mean, I'm making the excuse for her, but, you know, in the end, you know, Tracy had to go through that too when she was when she was younger and playing. So, you know, it, it, it happens. Ashley, in her two playoff matches, is tied points won and points lost again she wins 26 24 against megan then loses 25 23 right so couldn't be any closer that was a good it was a good tournament for ashley even though she lost that final that that was the only sour part to it but other than that it was uh, it was a good tournament to have you said it earlier on the last show that we did episode 25 about how great the energy was it wasn't just from like the guy players, the energy from the women that were there. Yeah. It was, you know, right. it all worked together. And I think the locals loved it too. New Orleans was a great stop for us. Let's shift to the, what is the final match of the season? Unless we're able to squeeze <laughs> another one in. I, I think we're going to. Okay. We'll find a way to do it. I like your optimism. The Senior Race 48 RFC, a great field there. And it was... You know, Dave, when you're running these tournaments, you're starting to think, is anyone going to enter this? You know, we've got three players entered two days before the deadline. And turns out we've really a great draw in Pittsburgh. Once again, we saw some newcomers to the tour. Nick Mattiani playing in his first senior race race stop. Bill Mahilos in his first stop. So those two right there make this a big time event. It, it really, I felt like you're right. Okay, I mean, I, I can't go against that. Just seeing Bill Mahilos for me was yeah. like that's the highlight of the tournament. That was, and and then Danny Bell and uh, and Nick Mattiotti, and then to have you know kind of the majority of these players play each other in right. some form in one of these brackets was even you know more cool. Well, I was lassoing Bill for three weeks. He went right up to the deadline, also just like Nick. It felt so good having Bill there. I don't oh, know yeah. what it is. Well, to Bill's say. a consummate pro. He's a he he's a handball good? lifer. He knows exactly what to do in the court. He's seen it all. He's played against the best. He is one of the best, unquestionably one of the best forty-plus players out there right now. And I think if he keeps playing in these events, he's going to keep improving. Danny Bell has played in the seniors before, but I don't think he's ever completed a senior stop because the times he's played, he got injured and had to pull out in the middle of the tournament. He came healthy. He looked amazing. He did. In this tournament. I mean, yeah. wow. He looked good. He, he lost some matches, and that's, you know, I mean, ultimately, you go there to win. But the only he was staying up. The top players. He was staying up with everybody. It looked, yeah. it, he, he was a highlight of kind of the whole weekend, in a way, other than... You know, Killian Carroll going in there in the in the pro bracket, but yeah. when it comes to the seniors, he he was a highlight, definitely. Kevin Kopchuk, very All, solid player, always a highlight. So it was me going to the semis, facing Bill Mahilos. Bill Mahilos takes out Mike Semplis, who I I thought that was going to be a very close matchup. It turned out it wasn't. Bill and I had a good match. It was really good, actually. 15 to 8, 15 to 10. Yeah. That that 8 doesn't really show you the score. The 10 does. Bill was on a roll there in that second yeah. game. You had to think for your moment. You're like, I can't do anything I right couldn't. now. He was kind of like the Vic Perez serve. He was hitting that left crack. They were either aces or I would just barely scoop him up. And you know he's so good in the front court, fly killing and hitting all kinds of different shots. He played, I thought, 
Excellent ball. I mean, you're programmed to play in these tournaments and in multiple brackets. Bill is not. No. And to have him do what he did this weekend, that that weekend, was pretty impressive. I was... It was so nice to see Bill there. And he doesn't play much handball. He lives in Indianapolis now, where there's not much handball for him. Does not live in Chicago anymore. Hmm. So he'd won that Indianapolis event a couple weeks prior, and I think that kind of gave him a motivation and confidence to travel. And it's a good thing he did. In the bottom bracket, it was Nick Mattiani facing Danny Bell. Now, that's a great matchup on paper. I thought that would be very close. Me too. Surprised that it wasn't. It's, it's like... You know, the one thing that is harder for an older player is that power. Yeah. And Nick, you know, having that power just makes a big difference. Okay. And I think that's the difference here because if Nick was a methodical player, then Danny Bell might have a chance to beat him. Okay. It's, I mean, Danny Bell told me after the tournament, he said, hey, I've won three tournaments in a row. You know, I before Albany, I he'd won Quebec and, mm-hmm. you know, these other, he had won Albany the year before. So, you know, he's... He's obviously on a roll and, you know, kind of similar to Nick Magnani in the pro. The only people that are going to beat Danny Bell and the seniors are the top three or four guys. There's no one else that's going to beat him. You know, maybe Marcos, me, Nick. I think Bill and Danny Bell would probably be very close. It would have been close, yeah. I, I think so. Kevin Kopchuk pushes Marcos to a tiebreaker. Marcos... Like we said, lost the first game of his first three matches at the RFC. Comes back to win those in tiebreakers. And then the next day, Marcos and Nick. Looks like Nick's going to get that first game. Marcos wins 17-15 in that bottom bracket semifinal. And then Marcos dominates game two. Now, those two have played just practice matches in L.A. when Nick was in L.A. on business. And Nick sparred with a bunch of those guys at the Los Angeles Athletic Club. Did pretty well there against... Marcos, and then the final, the eighth straight final between Marcos and I on the senior tour. Marcos comes out, I thought, playing as well as I've ever seen him play. Those first 16 points, he was up 11-5. He didn't miss anything. I mean, any ball that touched the back wall, he put away. And then just seemed like the air just left the building for him. I don't know if it was fatigue or... I think it was. Okay. I asked him after, I said, what happened? Because I ended up scoring, from that point, 25 straight points. And he said, I don't know. I just get in these moods, and I don't know what happens. I just stop shooting, and I'm not really sure what happened. I, well, he played six rounds of handball. You yeah. have to look. You know, he made it to the semifinals of the pro bracket right. and was taken to a tiebreaker uh, one time in that in that little elite bracket. Mm-hmm. And then he had to play Killian Carroll, which, you know, hits a heavy ball, and that puts you kind of into a coma. Yeah. I'm making excuses for him, but, you know, when you look at the brackets, you say, well, this guy, you know, he played three, four rounds here, three, four rounds there. Yeah, it's been tough. Yeah, it was tough for him. I think it was a tough run. Yeah. He was tired, and he got taken to a tiebreaker again in, in the seniors, you know, against Kopchuk. So you beat him. What else can you say? So that, congratulations on that. Now, you at this point now, you've won... We, we talked about it on the trivia question that I totally buffed earlier, mm-hmm. but I think you said eight titles. No, seven. Seven. I played an eight, won seven. Right, okay. And that includes this tournament then? Right. Okay, because yeah. I know that we did the trivia question before we talked about this tournament, so I wasn't sure how you had looked at it. I was so happy with how I played in that second game against Marcos that it's almost like I really wanted the season, you know, the next event to start the next day. 
I was feeling so good. And now, you know, because of the pandemic, we don't know. We don't know if there's going to be no. the remainder of the season. We right. Hopefully there is. Yeah. So the third place match, Bill Mihilos and Nick Mattiani, that was a good one. And that was for some big cash and also ranking points. Nick Mattiani wins that one 25-22. Yeah, that was a close one. And that was fun to watch, too. That was one of the matches of the tournament. Boy, I'm telling you how good Nick Mattiotti is. Yeah. That you know, you see him taking a game off of was it Marcos? Who did he take a game off in the one of the earlier rounds? Well, he beats Danny Bell convincingly. He beat Anthony Celesto convincingly, and then lost to Killian. And he lost to Marcos 17-15. Oh, okay, that was the one I was thinking yeah. of. 17 to 15 overtime. It's that you know that's one that's sort of similar to you know taking somebody to a tiebreaker in a way. I wanted to watch that one, but. I, I think I was playing at the same time. I really was looking forward to that one. Probably on video, though, I would think. I mean, yeah, I think it is. Okay, well, I'm going to... Either way, I think, yeah, I think that. you'll find it. But it, it's, you know, that shows you how good Nick is. He's taken Marcos to a to overtime, and, you know, he's, he's over 40. I, I, I know we've seen him when he was in his young 30s, mm-hmm. but I believe this guy could have been an Elite Eight player had he... Not played professional baseball, which is, you know, impossible to even think that. I mean, he was good. This well, guy I played, was good. You know, Nick and I grew up in the same state, and I'm two years older than him. So we did match up a couple of times in our teens. He's, the guy's amazing. But he's so getting talented. better with age, too. I mean, right. sort of like the way you have. Well, you were good in your teens, and then you got worse because you stopped playing, and then you came right. back. So you're the same guy. So the fifth place playoffs, Danny Bell dominates beats Kevin Kopchuk and then he beats 199 25-14 which is a nice win completes his Pittsburgh sweep where he took out the top three on the WPH Pittsburgh ladder and does that mean that he's won three tournaments in a row I mean because this is its own separate bracket I mean we call it right. fifth but you he wins the bracket look at this bracket right here this is like you know like a little local tournament right well I mean he Andrew Joseph's in there who Danny Bell beat 15 to zero Andrew's coming off a big win two weeks prior and Sharon PA gets zero and that shows you how Danny Bell is playing Danny had won three in a row before Albany in November where he lost to Tyree so three out of four tournaments he'd won coming into the RFC and then you count this fifth place I think as a win should so Uh, yeah I think it is Who's going to argue? Not me. Oh, that's... <laughs> if I were a referee, you would. Well, obviously. Okay, so that wraps up the the wrap-up, right? That's right. Okay, so we're done with it. Yeah, we've wrapped up the entire... All we have left is birthdays, uh-huh. a quiz, and stand-up hilarity. I just hope that you're more prepared than you are. I doubt I, I don't... Unless I got smart from the last time we did our radio show, which you know I haven't. This quarantining has made some people smart. Mm-hmm. Me, opposite. I seem to do better just going to work every day in the office, not staying at home. Home, bad. <laughs> office, good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have nice. segment three coming up next. Stick around. More in just a bit as the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio cast will continue next. Perhaps I've said too much. Look at this. I'm here with the Keebler Elves. Why don't we just take a break? The preceding program was pre-recorded. Her ass is so hot, I've seen it cause traffic accidents. So that people responsible for it could get away in time. You're listening to Dave and Dave. From outdoor tournament planning, the race for eight professional handball tour on ESPN, junior handball development, and continuous news and information, the world players of handball has set out to grow 
the sport through innovation. Junior WPH is flourishing. They have a full-time director and coach on staff, a coaching manual, and many volunteer mentors throughout the country that will train, instruct, mentor, and teach this amazing sport. The World Players of Handball is a 501c3 nonprofit foundation. Find them in a city near you, social media, or online at wphlive.tv. With coronavirus spreading, people at higher risk must take extra precautions. You're at higher risk if you're over 65 or if you have an underlying medical condition. Please visit coronavirus.gov for more information. We know you have some tough choices in life, but deciding which fast food restaurant to get your diarrhea at shouldn't be one of them. That's why we here at Burger King are teaming up with McDonald's and introducing the all-new McWhopper. It's got our signature flame-broiled patty and one of their greasy fried ones, our fresh lettuce and tomato, and their lame-ass extra half a bun right in the middle that everybody ends up throwing in the trash. But come on, we're a team. The McWhopper Sandwich. It's got a lot of great stuff crammed in there. And some of Mickey D's stuff in there, too. (laughs) Guess what? I smuggled a whole bunch of fireworks back in my anus. No inbreeding here. Our parents were strangers. Uh, fireworks aren't illegal here. You could have just put them in your car and driven them up here. Oh, yeah, that's just as fun. The Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast. Here on Tuned In Radio, iTunes, and WPH Live TV. Beautiful. Now, can we all please get back to work? Welcome back. It's Dave and Dave, episode 26. I almost said ESPN Radio. Why would I say ESPN Radio? I've never, I mean, I have, but I haven't been on for a long time. Why would I even think ESPN Radio? Well, 29 of the last 39 race rate stops have been on ESPN and the Watch ESPN app. But I almost said back on ESPN Radio. I don't know what the hell is going on. It's episode 26 of the Dave and Dave Sports Radio Cast. iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Patreon.com backslash WPH Live and WPHLive.tv. That's where you can find us. But if you heard this, then you already found us. I guess that's one way to look at it. It's time for the celebrity birthdays here in segment number three, Dave. Kenny Chesney, 52. Leslie Mann. She's one of my favorites. Really funny. I love her. 48. Kira Knightley, 35. Here, look at your TV. I, I think your monitor. Tell me which one's Kira Knightley and which one's Natalie Portman, left or right. Natalie Portman on the right. I do see some similarity there. Oh, really? I, I mean, Natalie Portman's about the same five person. Three. Kira Knightley's got to be five seven. Well, you're wrong. They're both Natalie Portman. I did that as a joke. <laughs> see how horribly awful you are at this game? <laughs> I know you can't see it at home. But, well, these you know. actresses and actors, they can morph. You know, they That's act true. and look however they want. Yeah, well, so. see, I fooled you. So I get some of my points back on my quiz that I'm going to ruin here in just a few minutes. <laughs> okay. Vince Vaughn, 50. Would you say you are the most closely like Vince Vaughn? I've heard people say this before, and I mean, no. you're both like six foot five, both uh, the same age, both assholes. <laughs> so, I didn't want to say it. So yeah, yeah, you know, you've convinced me. Yeah. Julia Stiles, as we move on, 39 years of age. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard from her in a while. She was in Born, right? Yeah. Okay. Ella McPherson, 57. That's hard to believe. She was a supermodel, in case you're at home keeping score. Paul Reiser, one of your favorites of all time. I did not 
get into Mad About You, but I liked him on Red Oaks. He was great in Mad About You. I didn't watch Red Oaks. He's 63, by the way. Right. I mean, we say the name, and then we forget to give the actual birthday. Yeah. You know, if I could see you and all, you being in that next room mm-hmm. during this quarantine self-isolation, we can't make eye contact like normal. Piers Morgan is 55, and Gabe Kaplan is 76 from Welcome Back to Kata. You a fan of Piers Morgan? No. Hate. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even understand. Does he what the talent is? I don't get it. I well, think can't the talent you say about is. Any talk show host? Why do they deserve so much respect? That's something I've never understood. I don't know. I don't. It's like you're interviewing these people that have accomplished so much, but yet you deserve the same level of respect. I don't. Why? I don't get it. I just don't. Like these sports reporters think like they are on par with the athletes. The athletes are one in a billion to be that great. Anybody can ask questions. There's no talent in that. Yeah, that's true. It's like anyone can do it. Especially you're not even coming up with your own questions. You're just reading a teleprompter. Why Why do you deserve so much, you know, acknowledgement, money? I, I, I agree. I agree. K3 is now K24. Right. So. What an asset she is. No, she's great. I love her. Actually, Amazing. her birthday is on April 6th. Right. And then we have trivia now. Let's not forget about that. And you, I know how you are about this trivia thing. You need your own music and such. How many states have held race for eight stops? Now, obviously, some states have held more than one and some up to ten. Man, that's going to be, that's tough. I'm going to have to say it out loud. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, And I'm starting the countdown from five right now. (laughs) Pardon me? I'm starting the countdown from five. You have five seconds. My, my mind says nine, so I'm going to go with what I did the other day, or the other time that we did this. I'm going to say 11. 15. Holy moly. Can you believe it? 15 different states we've been to? Now, California has hosted 10 because we've been there for San Francisco a couple of times. Yeah. Simple Green U.S. Open a bunch of times. LAC. Fresno, LAC. So they've got the most. Simple Green. And right. Fountain Valley. Right. Now, Salt Lake City has eight. They're the only stop that's hosted every year. This year's in jeopardy, of course, not no fault of their own. But that's the only place that's hosted it every year. Wow. And then Houston. Houston's a bunch, at least five. Atlanta's a few. Atlanta's four. New York is a, should be a few. New York started in 14. Oh, I forgot about Colorado. That would have put me at 10. I'm still off by about five. Yeah. Pens- I know, Pennsylvania. I, I know I, I added that one, but Idaho, Oregon, Right. Nevada. Seattle. I forgot about Nevada. Washington. We were state. talking about states, though. Yeah, oh, yeah. Washington oh, yeah. State. We did Seattle. Darn it. There's another one I forgot. Yeah. Forgot Colorado. Forgot Seattle. I mean, Washington. Oregon. Arizona. Right. And that we've had a lot here. Right. Colorado said that, right? We had, we had to stop there. Yeah. Uh, Georgia. We already mentioned it. I mean, I know we've done tournaments. Montana. The... You didn't mention that. No, I did not. Okay. <laughs> So Alaska, you did, did not, not mention. mention that. Okay. So you're right. It has to be 15 then. Because I was close to begin with, and I thought in my brain. Minnesota. Didn't think of it. I mean, you're right. There's the 15 right there. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So I there's another one I whiffed on. Good one. Who has won more race for eight titles, Lucho or Danos? It feels like Danos, but I think it's Lucho. Correct. And for bonus points, how many? Oh, come on. 
Are you considering the LTEs? Yes. Okay. Well, hey, 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 don't look I, at me. I, I, I don't. Don't presumably look I, at I me don't like that. I appreciate people looking down on LTEs. I had a player I'm asking say to me, a question. I had a player say to me, a ranked player. I'm not, he's going to remain nameless. Okay. Oh, he better. Nice. Sounds yeah, bad. Were, no, this is bad because this hurt me. And, and he said, you know, winning an LTE is actually like winning an open tournament. That's nothing. Really? Killian I mean, Carroll versus Dan. Paul Brady. Yeah. Robbie McCarthy is in these, and he has not won one. He's in the finals, though. Uh-huh. Danos, Lucho. Killian. Who else has yeah. won one? Yeah. That's it. You're, do they, you're just going to go to an open tournament and, and like they're going to show up? Yeah, something? they're going to show up. Yeah. Okay. Just, well, he might have been a top player that told you that. No, he wasn't. No actually. longer a top no, player. No, he actually wasn't. Oh, okay. And the implication was like, I could go there and win that. And they couldn't. No. No okay. one outside the top four is going to win an LTE. So I'm going to guess that. Luis has won one, two, three, four. And I'm probably close right there. Four is correct. Well done. Thank you. How many players qualified and won the stop in which he qualified? Now, obviously you can qualify in one stop, get into the top eight and win. That doesn't count. You qualified in that stop and won that stop. Who? How, many, how many players have qualified and won? And won that stop. In which he qualified. One. Two. Really? Paul Brady and Martin Mulkerns. I knew Martin, but I didn't Paul remember did Paul it. did it. New York 2017. Oh, gosh, yes. And yeah. that was the year that the players, the qualifiers picked who they wanted to play. Paul Brady... I think picked about the number five or six in the hat. Picked Emmett. Beat Emmett. Then he beat me. Then he beat Moreno. Then he beat Carroll. Yeah, that's a tough draw right there. Not for him. No. Didn't drop a game. Yeah, I, I kind of questioned that at the time because I was thinking, you know, he doesn't want to run around, and that's what Emmett's going to do to him. And I always felt like that was a strange move for him. But I think he was looking past Emmett into you, and then you took him to a tiebreaker. No. Oh, that was the next no. year. Got slaughtered. Oh, okay. Actually. All right. So he knew what he was doing. Yeah. What three players... This is kind of a gimme. I'm just giving you an easy one. I want you to feel good. This will put me at 50-50 right now. Okay, here. I want you to feel good about yourself. I mean, I think, you know, a guy off the street is going to know this answer. <laughs> oh, my what God. What three players have won a women's race for eight title? And this doesn't require any thought. Well, Martina. Yes. Katrina. Mm-hmm. There you go. That's all you need to know. Uh, and then I guess the, the next one would be Ashling. That's right. So... Those are my three. Correct. Katrina, in both finals, she lost for tiebreakers. The one at the U.S. Open was 11-9. Yeah, that was a tough one. And she shouldn't I, have lost I that. I ref that and yeah. I screwed that up. Yeah, you messed that one up. That was bad. It's all your fault again. <laughs> nice. Now, this one, I'm going to have to give multiple choice on because this is just... There's no way I'm going to get this no. one. Okay. And this is going to be kind of a guess anyway. I, I mean, I, if I get this, I actually pass for the last two <laughs> weeks. So, I mean, this is... It sounds bad the way you're wording it already. Of the 1,916 people to have entered, now these are not all different people. Some have entered, like me, 61. Well, this is impossible for me to answer this. Okay, go ahead. Of the 1,916 players to have entered the 63 Race Freight Men's Pro Events, what percent of those have earned prize money? 38%, 44%, 48 percent 50 percent well we already know it's not 50. there are no even numbers and things like this i'm not happy with the choices i gave i could have made the choices better 
36%. No. 40%. No. 44%. No. 48%. Yes. The answer is 44%. I hate your guts. <laughs> now, by comparison, let's take a look. I know how much you love golf. U.S. Open golf. 0.7%. Yeah. 0.7 win prize money. So you've got, on any given year, this year it won't be played, but 6,000 people entering with the local qualifiers, the sectional. So then the real trivia question is, how many? what's the percentage of everybody who's in the round of 16 yeah. that wins prize money? And the answer is 100%. Yes. Okay, so it's even worse than the 0. 0.07, and I don't know why I made that point, but it, it makes me more angry now just bringing it up. That's a lot of signatures on those checks. That's why I have that carpal tunnel in my right, right. elbow. I think that wraps it up, right? Yes. I can't handle this trivia stuff anymore, especially because I just lost. I'm surprised you took 48 there. I felt like that was like a really a reach. Because you would know there's plenty of tournaments where we have 40 to 45 players enter, and you know that only 16. Yeah, but we've all we've had some tournaments in the early years where we yeah. were at 12 and 8, and you right. know it was. I just didn't think that you would be smart enough to you know add all that stuff together. Oh no, it's added. <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> I was playing on your ignorance, so I have to admit it. Yeah, that's that's I tough. I I knew it was one of the two of those. So. I still think it's pretty profitable to be a pro handball player. I mean, 40, not if you talk to the pro players about it, though. <laughs> I no, mean, 40, no. what percent of pro sports do 44%? I mean, what 44% are getting prize money? That's outrageous. I mean, how many people are playing basketball that get prize money for it? Well, l let's look at the women. The women oh pros gosh. are much more. It has to be over 50%. Oh, yeah. 60, definitely 65. 50. It's, I would, no, it's I more than 50. It. No, definitely more than 50. That still, the percentage is going to be way higher than 50%. Yes. Why don't you do that stat for us and get back to us there? <laughs> Quit playing around. I want to know the real... I want to... If I'm going <laughs> to... You're right. I hate when you give us this, the, the golf stats. That's one... That's that the really worst golf stat. Yeah. I'm, I don't even know what to do with myself at this yeah. moment. I think I do know, and that is to end the show. Okay. The way that you're supposed to do it every single time when someone gives you bad news... <laughs> Just say the show's over. You walk away. Episode 26 of the Dave and Dave Handball Sports Radio Cast is now officially over, and so is my life. See you later, Dave. <laughs> like your face, keep it that way. You're listening to Dave and Dave. Doomsday Preppers, I have eight episodes. I've yet to watch. I, I don't even watch reality, but if you have never seen that show, I think it's the craziest you can be. They are preparing for the end of the world, these people. They all think it's something different. A dirty bomb, a... Um, uh, the government's going to take over. They have crazy, all these ideas of how the world's going to end, but they prepare differently. They have bunkers. They have medicine for life. But what's even more bizarre than what they're doing is every single one of them is married. <laughs> wow, really? I have normal, nice friends that can't get a date. And, and you, you... How'd you throw that out on ChristianMingle.com and get a hit back? That's all I want to know. How do you... Just toss that out there like it's normal. Hobbies? Preparing for the end of the world. <laughs> you can't throw something else in, Janice. I mean, what? No. And then somebody hit you back. OMG, me too. Meet me at Costco. Lots of things to buy. Can't wait. This is going to get weird. To keep safe, healthy, and to prevent the spread of coronavirus, just remember Dave and Dave. D. Distance yourself from others. Three to six feet is a safe zone. A. Always cough into your elbow. V. Viruses strive on poor hygiene. 
Wash your hands. Clean and disinfect objects in your home like doorknobs, counters, and other frequently touched items. E. Enjoy the show. And we'll get through this together. It's Dave and Dave with the Handball Sports Radio Cast on WPHLive.tv, iTunes, TunedIn Radio, and Patreon.